Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. Started recording, I think I had recorded three minutes of Brother Moses the other night, and I don't know what happened. Just missed it. So these are some pretty popular scriptures if you're familiar at all with uh, the word of the Lord. Uh, you can stand or sit. It doesn't matter to me. Um, and you'll notice in your notes, it's not going to be up here. But the papers that I got there, if you're using the paper instead of your Bible, I got a couple kind of notes in there. And we'll kind of cover that as we go. But um, let, let's read this. Is any sick among you this is james 5 and 14 is any sick among you let him call for the elders of the church let them pray over him anointing with oil in the name of the lord the prayer of the faith shall save the sick and the lord shall raise him up if he committed any sins they shall be forgiven him confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed um the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much you notice i got a couple notes in there about being accountable and that's much but not everything elias was a man subject to like passions as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months and he prayed again and the heaven gave um, rain and the earth brought forth her fruit and you may be seated if you would like um and this is our theme verse through this class. The thief cometh except uh, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life, that you may have it more abundantly. Welcome to life class today. This is where we're going to learn how to live this Christian life more abundantly. Now, two weeks ago, I introduced to us the ideal that the lack of faithfulness was a huge factor to many not walking in the abundance, uh, walking in abundance in the things of God. The child of God, he wants us to walk in abundance. He doesn't want us to just live and struggle through life. It's not the will of God that we always struggle. I do believe at times as a child of God, we must struggle. Because if we don't, we will not appreciate um, the fact that God is there for us. There is a um, scripture that people want to quote that's not in the word of God. That is that the Lord will not put no more on you than you can bear. That is actually not a scripture. There may be some scriptural principles that may make up a thought of that but my personal opinion is I do not even think that's a biblical concept because if that was then we would never pray because if God didn't sometimes allow hard things to get on us we would never reach out and we would never pray and seek God so sometimes he allows hard things to come in our life where we would pray and I give three I give seven things that people are not faithful in that causes us to walk in a um, 
not in the fullness of what God wants, not in abundance. And I, those seven things were prayers, our spiritual diet, worship, integrity, tithes and offering, church attendance, and holiness. I closed it with these verses. Um, these are not on your paper. I'm sorry that it's in Matthew 24, 44 through 46. I closed that two weeks ago with the Lord saying, Therefore be ye also ready for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh, who then is faithful. Everybody say faithful. And wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season. He said, Blessed is the servant whom the Lord, when he cometh, find him, find, find him, he cometh, shall find so doing. In other words, he's saying, when he comes, he wants to find us faithful. We are in a very unfaithful generation, and God's looking for people who is faithful. I believe that with all my heart. And if we as the people of God want to live in the abundance of God, then faithfulness is uh, to these key areas that I've given you and more areas than just that. Um, it's very, very vitally important that we are faithful in those. And I ended, I ended uh, that class with this quote from Brother Bobby Wade when he said, your destiny is tied to your faithfulness in your barren times. It's very important that we are faithful to God. Hemi enjoyed Brother Texas Young last week. I think you done. I listened to the podcast. I thought they'd done great. I thought Jake and in Texas both done an outstanding job and does me well if, if I'm not here to, to hear them or hear good reports. And I didn't have to hear any good reports from anybody because I listened to the preaching of both of them and they both done outstanding jobs. Texas had asked me what I was kind of talking about, the theme along where I was going, and I told him kind of what I was thinking. He said, well, I think that'll go with what I'm talking about. And Jake and or Texas spoke to those that was here and those who may have listened to the podcast you wasn't here about, he talked from his heart about communication. It was very good. And today I want to continue down that avenue with the first thing on this list of things that I give us with prayer. As you can see on the paper that I give you today that I'm going to talk to us about building a consistent prayer life because it's important that we have a consistent, faithful prayer life. You can tithe all you want. You can come to church all you want. Matter of fact, you could even worship all you want. And you could read your Bible all you want. And you could do a lot of these other areas. But if you never prayed, you're always going to live a life less than what God's called you to be. That's just plain and simple. And... Um, the child of God is just not faithful to daily praying. They will always struggle in life. Praying every day. Now, this is one of those notes got down, down there for you. Praying every day does not fix everything. Okay? It's one of those like fill in the blanks is there for you. <laughs> praying every day does not fix everything. But what prayer does it fixes us. Okay? That's the purpose of prayer. It's to fix us. Yes, it does fix some things, but it doesn't fix everything. So, let's look at this text again today. Um, you have to jump back at the top again. It says, If any sick among you, let him call for the elders' church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil, in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one another, and pray one for another, that they may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 
How can someone sick, hurting, be raised up and healed? How can an impossible situation be fixed through prayer? How and why does prayer get answered? In my opinion, people struggle with being faithful to prayer is because they don't really understand what prayer is, what prayer is all about. Prayer is not a, God, give me this list. Um, I like to liken prayer to communication between a spouse, uh, two spouses, your wife and husband, or even, you could even go farther than that and have a relation, uh, communication between a uh, wife, I mean a son and a parent, a daughter and a parent, or communication between two good friends. If there's not good communication where it's gives and takes, then that relationship will struggle. All right? Majority of marriages end because there's no communication in a the marriage. There's no honesty in a marriage. Prayer is a place that we find where we become honest with ourselves and with God. But I believe the answer is really found in the theology of prayer. Everybody say theology. That's a big word. Nobody likes, right? Uh, in other words, when we understand the purpose of prayer and what prayer will and will not do, we may have more incentive to pray consistently every day. And if I could liken it back to relationship, if we understood the importance of why at some point during your day, if you're married... You need to have a real, relation, a real conversation with your spouse where it's not all you telling them, but it's also you listening to them. And this is kind of what prayer is. Today, I'm going to be using information from a Bible lesson uh, from Brother Philip Harrison. He's a pastor in Dothan, Alabama. He is a brilliant man. And um, this is where this is kind of coming from today. So this is not all original me. Um, I don't want to be nobody that's plagiarizing by no means. So I'm going to let you know that this is not all originally me, but I've used this for myself many times. So uh, you can turn or it's there on a the paper. And I'm going to kind of give you these scriptures. And let's, let's talk about where prayer comes from, why we have prayer, okay? Because if we know that, then we'll understand the importance of why we need to be faithful in prayer. So this is, this is uh, familiar stuff, but let me kind of read through some of this quickly. Genesis 2, 8 and 9. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put man whom he formed. And out of the ground God made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, good for food, tree of life, in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We know this story. They put in the garden of Eden, right? There's a tree of life, and there's a tree of good knowledge of good and evil. Verse 15 says that this, now don't, if you're flipping your paper, actually you have something on the back of it, so don't miss that. Just flip to the next one. I'm saving paper and time and all that kind of made it easier for me. So, um, Verse 15 said, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it. Everybody say dress it. He told him to dress it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying, You can eat of any, I'm going to paraphrase it, you can read it along. He said, You can eat any of these trees of the garden, you can eat it. But that one tree of knowledge of good and evil, I don't want you to eat of it because when you do, you're going to die. Was he going to really die? No, but the relationship between them was going to die. That was important. That was God's plan for man. 
God gave him a place. God leased the planet to Adam or to mankind, all right? We know this because um, the next scripture there, Genesis 1, 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, male and female created them. He blessed them. He told them to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish and basically over the, all the earth. And God told him he'd give him all the herb-bearing fruit. All, all this was for him. He said, this is for you. I'm leasing this to you. I want you to take care of it. God gave mankind a gift. One of them filling the blanks there for you. He gave mankind a gift. What was a gift? He gave us this earth. He gave us this earth. And he gave this gift to, to us, to mankind, to subdue it and have dominion over it. All right? So I'm trying to build something here to help us understand why it's important that we pray. The creator of this earth, he gave another part of his creation to something that was created. He gave us the responsibility for it. He gave us basically like a, build, a building, but not the planet. I'm giving you part of this, but not all of this. And I want you to take control of this. God was saying, I'm leasing this to you. I still own it, but I'm placing this world in your hands. This is what God done when he created Adam and Eve. And God put a, a, a big clause in there, though. He said, but look, I'm giving this to you, but... Anybody ever went on vacation and, and rented a condo? Anybody ever done anything like that? You ever notice there are certain doors inside of that condo that you can't get in? That's because it doesn't totally belong to you. But for a time period, it's being leased to you, and you have full access to it, but not everything. This is the same thing that God done, because there were certain things inside of there that the owner don't want you to know about. And this is where we are today, okay? God has created this earth. He's put Adam and Eve in it. He said, this is for y'all, but don't eat of that tree. Now, we think that may be cruel, but God was giving us a great power. It's a power of freedom. Everybody say freedom. All right. But here comes a problem. We know this. Uh, it's there in the, the notes. I'm going to paraphrase it. We know that that serpent was there. It's the devil. Uh, devil using this serpent, Genesis 1. And uh, he, he talked to the woman and said, Hey, you need to eat of this tree. We, I'm not going to read it all for time's sake so we can get to where we need to be, but we know the story. I would think that we do. If we don't, here it is. He, he told the woman to eat. We know that she ended up eating of this tree. And um, we see Satan twist his. He's always lying and always twisting things up in our lives. And something happens. She eats. She Basically, she breaks into one of those doors that we went on vacation. And she went in there and shouldn't, shouldn't went in there. So this is what's happened. But after this, the damage was done. And they started to try to avoid and run from God. It's typical today, right? When we don't have the right relationship from God, what do we do? We try to run and avoid God. We don't feel comfortable around God. And God began to ask Adam, have you eaten of the tree? And everybody started blaming everybody. 
It still sounds like this, don't it? We don't want to take the blame. Adam said, well, it's the woman you gave me. So he was blaming the woman, but really blaming God. The woman said, it was a snake. Everybody's blaming everybody. But listen, listen to God's response here, okay? Um, basically, I, I'm not going to read it all here. Do I have that down there? Let me see where I'm at with your notes. Where are you at on your notes, guys? All right, we hadn't got there yet, so let me get there. Basically, we see in verse 16 through 19 there in the middle of your page, um, God's just pretty much telling them, because you've done this, um, he, he just begins to put down what's going to happen. And here's the thing, the reason God was so upset. Adam allowed his family to talk him out of what he had gotten directly from God. Eve didn't know what Adam knew. Alright? She hadn't experienced what he had. And the bottom line, Adam still could live on this planet. God was upset. He said, okay, I, I'm not happy that you've done this. But God, what he done, he removed his direct care from them. He said, if you want to have... Because before this happened, they didn't have to worry about anything. All right? He took care of the, he took care of the garden. He said, you just watch over. There's parts of this you don't need to know about. Let me take care of it. But because they chose to override God and say, okay, I want my own free will here. When they eat of that tree, God said, if you want you own your own free will, I'm going to let you have your own free will. So now then, you're going to get to choose. And then when they ate of that tree, what really happened, that is when free will really, really kicked in the gear. And God said, if that's what you want, you can still live on this planet. I'll still let you live here, but the devil's also going to be here. And you see that there. And God done something. And I have this... In the, on your paper, God has removed his direct care from them and he placed the care of themselves in their own hands. Adam, this is still your place, but you've in, introduced a major obstacle into your world because, yeah, I'm leasing this to you, but because you've chose to listen to the devil and not me, now then you're also subleased it to the devil as well. You have to live in this earth with the devil also. And now then, you've got to choose whether you want him to be your ruler or whether you want me to be your ruler. Okay? Everybody with me so far? All right. So we see in the scriptures here, Romans 5, 18 and 19. Therefore, as by the offense of one, he's talking about back the garden in Adam, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, this is Jesus, the free gift came upon all men under justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, again, that was Adam, many were made sinners. So the obedience of one, which is Jesus, shall many be made righteous. Okay? So his, this is where we are. Somebody says, what does any of this have to do with prayer? 
Just listen to me. Hang on, all right? And then I'll, I'll give us a few moments to talk about it here in the end. Because Adam was the father of us all, we were all bound by his subleasing. If we want to trace it all back, Adam, we're all kin to each other, all right? Those of you who are married, I'm sorry. You married your cousin. All right? You're my cousin. It's legal in Kentucky, all right? As long as you're not first cousins. That's all right. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring some humor into this today. But the world was not Adam to give. But sin allowed Satan a piece of his authority. He subleased it. So let's look at Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespassing sins. There were in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The reason our world is in a mess it's in is because so many people are led by that same spirit that led Eve in the garden and not by the spirit of God. All right? This is why this world is in such a mess. So listen to this. It's important for us to understand what it takes to live life more abundantly. Why so many people, whether they're a child of God or not, and they're living, not, living life more abundantly is because of the sin in the Garden of Eden and the privilege that God has given us is the freedom to choose. God is not obligated now because the covenant that was broken in the, in the Garden of Eden. He's not obligated by a contract for the day-to-day -day care of mankind anymore. Adam messed that up in the garden. Okay? So God turned the gardening over to Adam, but now <laughs> man's got to share that with the devil because he gave him that responsibility by listening to him in the Garden of Eden. Mankind has been given a free will to exercise, do anything, any way you desire. I'm glad you chose to come to church today. You didn't have to, but I'm glad you come. Now let's look at Ecclesiastes 9, 11, and 12. It's there on your paper. Solomon wrote, I returned and saw in the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, and nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to all of them. For man also knoweth not this time, his time, as the fishes that are taken is an evil net, the birds that are caught in a snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. What this is talking about is time and chance. It happens to everybody. This is life. Now then, since we're living in this life with the devil, good things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. Good, bad things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. It's just time and chance. It's just, it's just life, okay? Good people have flat tires. Good people die of cancer. Bad people die of cancer. I don't know what this young man's like, but good young men die in car wrecks. Bad men die in car wrecks. That's just life, all right? That's why a tornado may hit, like if you go to Dawson Springs, a tornado may hit this house and wipe it off the face of the earth, but the house beside of it is fine. Because this is just life, all right? Or a sickness can hit your body and cause you to be sick. Because that was introduced to this world by Satan. And it wasn't here until Adam, chose, Adam and Eve chose to eat of that fruit. That's why children can, can have the unthinkable happen to them. 
by other people or by their parents or even by their siblings. The unthinkable can happen. What are you talking about? They can be molested by somebody that we trusted or we didn't trust. Or they can never have anything happen to them. It's a part of life because in this life, people has chose to let demons control them. Demons possess them. And they have let politics, communism, socialism, all this stuff begin to rule. If you haven't noticed, we live in a spiritual sewer in this world. All right? The old song says, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I have it on your paper there, Hebrews eleven thirteen. 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen afar off and were persuaded them, embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. You will continue to struggle in this life until we figure out it's not about this life. It's about the life after here. We're just pilgrims. We're passing through this. We've got to understand it. As a child of God, you're going to be a stranger in this world, and you're not going to fit in. And not everything is going to go to your liking. All right? But it's not about this world. We see the next scripture there in Hebrews 14. Um, that is not 14 through 156. There's no such a thing. It's a typo on my part, okay? That's supposed to be 14 through 16. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. But they desire a better country. It's a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to, to be called their God, and he has prepared them for a city. And, and so many times, we, we've got to understand with prayer, this, it's, we, we can't come to God with a list of demands, Okay? We're not coming to God for a list of demands. That's, um, that's the thing there in front of your papers, in the, the next little uh, spot I left open for us. We can't just to come to Him with a list of demands. You cannot negotiate salvation with God. Well, okay, God, if you'll do this, this, and this, I'll, I'll live for you. It doesn't work like that. We can't, because God doesn't give us a new house or a new car, we don't bargain with God. And say, okay, God, no, that's not the way it works. Whatever you want to keep, he will let you have. Matter of fact, if, if you want it bad enough, he'll give it to you. And it can even become idolatry in your life. Because he's given us free will. He's given us a choice. And somebody says, what does this have to do with prayer? Just hang on with me just a few more minutes. 1 John 2, 15 through 16. It's on your next page there. Love not the world and the things of the world. If any man love the world, love the Father is not him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. As long as your heart is in this world, you will never walk in the liberty of God. If everything that you want is in this world, you will not walk in the freedom of God. You may get that stuff, and you may not, because that's life. But we got to understand, I'm a stranger. I'm a pilgrim. I do not belong in this earth, this world. This world's not my home. I'm looking for heaven, all right? 1 Peter 2, 9 through 11 is just driving home the, what I'm talking about here. We're a chosen generation, a real priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people, that we should show forth the praise of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past were not people, but are now the people of God. 
which had not obtained mercy, but have obtained, uh, have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers, pilgrims, abstain from the fleshly lust that war against the soul. What, do we, what am I saying here? What I'm saying is we live in a spiritual evil. Bad things will happen to good people. Good things will happen to bad people, so forth, so on. And when these bad things happen to good people, people want to ask, where was God? Right? And this is why people struggle with praying. Well, why talk to God? He, he didn't answer my prayers or... Or, or, or he let me be molested, or he let this loved one die, or he let this happen to my life. So people, where was God? The answer is simple today. He's right where he's always been. He's right here. He's as close as the mention of his name through prayer. God is not obligated to solve every issue and fix every problem of man. Our mess that we live in is mostly self-inflicted mess or we're living in the shadow of somebody else's mess and we refuse to do what it takes to get out of it. Now, I know this is not easy, but it's truth. We've been here 16 years. And if I have failed in anything in this church is a lack of really teaching us how to live. And I refuse to go there anymore because we're living in close to the end time. And I want you to live life more abundantly. And if we can't grasp this concept of why some of us are living in such a crazy place in our life, it's because we're living closer to the world than we are to God. And it can't stop. It cannot neglect the... Ne negate the, the fact that you might have been molested or you might have been through a bad, a bad relationship. You might have this happened and that happened to you. And it might not have been your fault. But where was God? He's right where he's always been. It wasn't his fault you was molested. Well, somebody said, well, he could have stepped in and stopped it. Yes, he could have. But he would have violated something he gave us so important, which is a free will to make a choice. Sometimes he can do that. And sometimes he may. But the majority of the time, God will step back and let humanity choose their own path. Okay? That's hard, brother. I know it's hard. But it's not about this world. And, and here's the thing. As a basic rule, okay? Look, he's not the creator of confusion. The Bible says he's not the author of confusion. But there, in front of you, as a basic rule, here's the thing, Okay? God does not get involved in the day-to-day -day affairs of man unless he's invited in. All right? That's the key. That is the key in it. All right? It wasn't the will of God for you to be, if you were molested. It wasn't the will of God. It wasn't the will of God for certain things to happen in your life. But what is the will of God is that you and I realize that I need to cry out to him because I need him. All right? This is where it comes down to the real important thing. Man in the Garden of Eden, because man chose to choose good and evil, eating that tree that God told him not to eat of, man was given the, he was given the right to self-rule himself. All right? He can make his own choices. And God does have certain prophetic stakes, grounds, that he's going to make sure to happen. That the next verse is here. I'm not going to read it all. But we see that Daniel here. 
that says that he changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives them. God does this stuff because there's a big plan that he's got out there. But only to the degree that it accomplishes his overall will for the end time, for heaven. But day to day, day to day, it's in our hands to get God involved in our life. Because at the Garden of Eden, sin subleased this world to Satan. So now then we have to deal with Satan. So now then our choice is between good and evil. And if we choose not to pray and have a communication with God, by default, you have a relationship with hell. You have a relationship with the devil. So when you do not pray daily by ignoring God, you automatically default prayer to Satan. Somebody says, I'm not praying to Satan. I, no, I know you're not. I understand that. But when you don't pray to God, you're not putting him involved in your life. He's not involved in your life. So if you don't pray daily to him, he don't feel obligated to help you. That's why you better have a praying mom and daddy if you're not going to pray. Because praying mom and daddy can help intervene in them things. But sometime or another, you've got to wake up and realize, if I'm going to make heaven my home, I've got to develop a prayer life. But thank God you've got a praying pastor that prays for you. But you better, at some point, you've got to make sure that you're going to take that out of everybody else's hands and you're going to pray every day and get God involved in your life. That's why every day we need to thank Him. When we, I'll, I'll go into some of this other stuff later, not today, but uh, all the examples of it. But here, here's, I mean, God's got a, He's got a big over, He's got a big wheel that we're not, we are not going to do anything with, okay? Uh, I'm not going to go into all that. I'm probably going to skip some of that stuff right there. But we think about how a group of men in, in the, before it was United States defeated the British Army in the Revolutionary War. God needed the United States for these end times. It's said that George Washington was shot in a battle. He had bullet holes in his coat, but it didn't kill him. Why? God needed George Washington to make sure America was settled. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to go into all that, but I think that I have this over here. The theology of prayer is that prayer is what invites God into the day-to-day -day affairs of our life. Okay? Prayer is what invites God into the day-to-day -day affairs of our life. If you, if I lease you a car and it breaks down because you did not maintain it right, I'm not obligated to solve your problem. I'm, because I leased you the car. I'm not obligated to it if you don't tell me about it. You can keep driving that car with whatever's messed up on it because if you're leasing it, if you tell me about it, I've leased it to you, then I'm obligated. That's how this life is. If we don't tell the Lord, Lord, I need you to help me in my thinking today. I need you to help, you, help me with my anger. I need you to, help you to help me with that hurtful situation in my life. I, I, in a daily, God... I hate that person. And I'm struggling with forgiving them. I need you to help me to forgive them because I know your word says if I don't forgive them, I can't make heaven my home. 
Lord, I'm struggling with that sin in my life because I know the Word of God says that, that uh, I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm struggling with this. Can you help me with this, God? He's not obligated to help you if you don't ask. But if you ask, He's obligated. And this is why so many people struggle with living life more abundantly as a child of God because they refuse to pray and ask God every day to walk with Him and be with them. All right? I've skipped a bunch on this right here, and I'm just going to go on down where I can be done with this. Uh, let me go to uh, Romans 8, 26 there on your paper. Um, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know that we, what, we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession. Uh, I'm not going to read all those scriptures and read them later, but every, everything... Now, let me read that last one. Let me take that. Let me finish reading that. And he searches the hearts, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. It's talking about the Spirit praying through us. And here's a very famous verse, okay? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Everything doesn't work to the good of everyone. There is a lot of bad things, but we do have a promise, okay? It's back to our text. Is there any sick among you? Let the elders pray. Why? Because sickness is in this earth as a result of sin. But God can override that, all right? We look at that, James 5 and 16. Confess your faults one another. What's that mean? We got to... That's, that's staying humble. You know what that means? That means be honest. If you are not honest with the fact that you have an issue with, with yourself and others, God will never help you. All right? This is why it says confess your faults one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Some people are not healed because they won't get God or the church involved in their world. They choose to walk as an island all by themselves. And he says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Not everything, much. All right? But not always. It doesn't always. Now, the NIV says that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. All right? So if we don't pray, it gives us trouble, right? Uh, verse 17, Elias was a man subject like passions. We and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth in the space of three years, six months. And he prayed again, the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. The supernatural is those things when the nature, natural laws are suspended and God intervenes, okay? But he intervened because why? Men and women invited him into their situations. Men and women invited God into the situations. And this is what we need. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hasten to bring this in the end. I, I feel like you're understanding where I'm going. I feel like you're getting the point of why I'm saying the importance of praying every day is to put God in our life every day. And if we don't pray every day, He don't feel obligated to us. All right? This, this, is, the, um, this is the bottom line. Um, let me see. Let me give you... I got another blank there. I want to make sure I get it. Okay. Satan has free reign unless the saints start to pray. Prayer... What prayer does, it opens up and invites God into our world. So, in essence, I can boil it down like this today. 
one reason we could be struggling is that we've not invited God into our life by prayer. It's going to take consistent, everyday prayer. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord's at hand. Be careful for nothing but what? In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Um, I lost my spot there. Please forgive me. All understand. Keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, what's for things are true, just, honest? Um, what's for things are just, pure? What's for things are lovely? What's for things are good? Report there being virtue, praise. Think on these things. Those are the things which both learned, received, and heard, seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall keep you. That's the keys to stability. And it's the keys to victory in our lives. Okay. Um, I'm going to just briefly tell you the rest of this. God's given us the Holy Ghost. That's what my next scriptures is. We ain't got to do this by ourselves. He's given, he's given us the Holy Ghost. And um, when, when, we, when someone says, uh, let's pray about this matter. Don't think we're helpless. We can pray. We, we can look. Joshua prayed, and the, and the earth stopped moving. I got the scriptures down there. Joshua prayed, and the earth stopped moving. God told Hezekiah, you're going to die. Hezekiah turned his back to the wall, prayed, and said, God, and God gave him 15 more years. But if they hadn't have prayed, that stuff wouldn't happen. God has to get involved, and that's why prayer is so, so important. And prayer is not some simple cure-all. All right, that's that last one I got down there for you. It's not some simple cure-all. It's not having God on a string, but prayer makes a difference. And we can do so much through prayer, but we have to be willing to get God involved in this or he will not be involved in it. And if we could only understand what prayer can do, it would motivate us to do it. All right? But we get discouraged because we don't see what's happening behind the scenes and the ultimate relationship goal is for us to understand um, for us to understand that we are sons and daughters of God so the basic behind prayer is to get God involved in our everyday lives by building relationship with him all right that's the whole bottom line we want God involved in our relationship Everyone that's here today and you're in a relationship. It didn't happen by y'all just making Google eyes at each other. It didn't happen with just text messaging, okay? It happened when you begin to communicate with each other. You begin to share a need between each other. You got the other person involved in your life by communicating with them and saying, I invite you into my life to be a part of my life. And I promise you, that beautiful lady that's going through that door there, if tomorrow I decided I'm not going to talk to you, and the next day I'm not going to talk to you, I, it wouldn't go that far, okay, number one. She wouldn't let me. She'd claw my eyeballs out. It'd be a problem. We'd end up divorcing. You don't want God to divorce you. All right? Now, I've said a lot, probably more than I should at the moment. Uh, I should have broke this down a little more, but somebody thinks it's too late. I don't care, it's too late. If any of this don't make sense or there's a question, I want somebody to throw it out here to me. 
And Sister Cheryl said something. She was here the last Sunday I had this. She said, good thing I was up there. Nobody's going to ask no questions. <laughs> and you know her. She's going to ask questions, right? Now, it sounded like y'all had some questions last week with Brother Texas. But if there's anything I need to clarify or say with this, or if it's something you would like to know more about prayer, because I'll stay on this subject as long as I need to. There's more I want to talk about with it. But if, the basics of what prayer is, you get God involved in your life. You build a relationship. Because here's the thing. You think about the scriptures. When One of these days, when he gets to heaven, when we get to heaven, somebody's going to say, come on in. I know you. Others are going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And they're going to say, but the Bible says this way. We, we cast out demons in your name. We've done this. We've done that. To, to us, it's going to be, but I'm with the church every Sunday. I paid my tithes. I even raised my hands. I walked up front. I texted pastor when I wasn't going to be at church. And he's going to step back and say, you weren't supposed to be in a relationship with pastor. You weren't supposed to be in a relationship with the church. You're supposed to be in a relationship with me. I don't know you. That word, never knew you right there, you've heard me say it enough, means as Adam knew his wife and they bore a child. Intimate relationship. We need to have a relationship to where we talk to God every day. All right? So, anything? Questions, Brother Dave? Comments? Yep. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Questions, comments? I'm open for anything right now. Sit. Got two of them here. Let me let me turn this off. Everybody don't got to know all this. Come to church and hear it all.